a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. All right, and now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, the, this is the uh, Fox Raceway at Paula review. It's uh, my boss at Racer X Online, the voice of motocross, Jason Wygan. What's up, Weege? Yeah, wow. I expected more. Build up? Just one? Well, holiday Monday. I'm taking a bit of a break. Well, I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Don't <sighs> uh, we let you in here? You take our jobs, all of our media jobs, mechanics jobs. We allow you to marry an American. We give away one of our beautiful American women uh-huh. to allow you to marry her, which I think shouldn't even be legal. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it's probably a well-deserving American fellow out there. And then you don't even realize when our holidays are. Yeah. Yeah. You're I, banging on JT and I to work on a Monday, which we're supposed to be honoring some that gave all and all that gave some or vice versa. Right. Well, uh, yeah, things look. These reviews don't aren't going to help themselves. They're going to tape themselves. All right. So, uh, I also, feel bad for Pookie. Also on the line from Fly Racing, flyracing.com. It's a holiday Monday, but he's doing the podcast anyways. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Not too much. I'm happy to be home on Monday. I will say that this is a very nice change. I didn't even have to fly anywhere, and I got a Monday off. Wow, that's yeah. strong. I uh, yeah, I don't really know the holidays. I told you guys this over over text message. Yeah. Like, we're aware. I just I don't. I just work. That's it. You just keep working, and then you, when you have, sometimes you have a random Wednesday off, so that's a holiday for me. You know, I don't know. Just yeah. Well, you're getting a, you're getting a bunch of holidays off here soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get too far into this and talk about Paula and everything that happened there, uh, Weege, Weege, that's what everybody heard on the TV uh, broadcast. I, yeah, uh, I don't know. There's some sound effects uh, that. I don't know. The guy from Police Academy was there. He's doing a lot of sound effects and just mixing it up a little bit, making it sound. What? I've been doing the same thing on TV for like 70 years. Let's not change it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So what are you going to yeah. tell people about that? So I got this watch uh, from Maxis to wear during our Supercross preview videos, which you can watch right now on the mm-hmm. Racerix YouTube channel. really looks good. Uh, Maxis' colors are orange. You know I like orange. Uh, so I kept wearing it. I had it on for three weeks. Never made a sound. And then all of a sudden, it just started freaking out at about 2.30 Pacific time on Saturday. I have no idea why. <laughs> Hasn't made a sound since. Went off probably six times. Finally, the sixth time, I had to just throw it out the door because um, I could not get it to turn off. And it's funny how people think TV works. I get hit up on Twitter saying, hey, the alarm that tells you when you're back from commercial kept going off and we could hear it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, there's no such thing as an alarm. 
That tells you in your background commercial. Right. That's on you to know. Right, right. Uh, and, and if you watch an NBC Sports Gold, you'll actually know we never really go to commercial. We just keep announcing anyway. Yep. Um, that was not a TV alarm. That was not a TV thing. That was literally my wristwatch making noise for the first time ever. And did, did, you know how many times it beeped yesterday? None. None. <laughs> so, so I, I don't know. It, it might be sabotage. What's that I t- thought I was losing my mind. I kept hitting mute. I, I opened a window outside to see if there was, like, something going on, like a, some, some sort of burning building on fire next door. I could not figure out what was going on. And then I finally, once I muted it and it went off, I'm like, all right, well, something's going on on TV, and it's definitely Weege's fault. Before I even knew it was your fault, I knew it was your fault. Yeah. Well, it we it would have been my fault either way, but in this case it was. I expect usually, you know, I don't know what's being picked up by the mics, so I was like, yeah, maybe they're not hearing it because they're not saying anything. And then finally, at the end of the day, after I'd thrown it out, um, we were shooting uh, stand up out on the track. We always shoot for like NBC Sports to play on like the website and stuff. They're like, did you have a watch alarm going off during the race? And I'm like, damn it! <laughs> the mics picked it up. Uh, yeah, because our mics are very, as they say, directional. Like, people can walk in and right. out of the room, and it's not supposed to necessarily be heard. But, I mean, obviously, a watch alarm is designed to be heard, so right, it works. Right. Um, what's funny is that it only— Very professional in general. I just want to own that. Well, JT, you think Ralph would have had his alarm go off on his watch? Well, this is the difference. This is why uh, This is why Weed is not in the Supercross booth, mm-hmm. stuff like this. Yep. Do you—what's yep. what's written? In a manila envelope in my permanent permanent file. What, what? I watched a powerboat race with Ralph yesterday, and there was no alarm going off. No alarms. <laughs> Ralph, Paul, powerboats, just, just anything, dude. If anything. When you think powerboats, you think Ralph. Yep. But uh, what's weird, though, we just a random Saturday, uh, the 25th of May, just that's when it goes, like, there's no daily alarm, there's no, I don't know, the, the, the fact that it was beeping really confounds it, me. It is, I mean, look, there's no excuse, but... It is weird that it wasn't the alarm. The alarm says off. It was. It must have like a timer on it or something. And I'm assuming the first time it went off, I must have hit something that made it kept repeating. I don't know. It's a friggin' watch. It's not really that complex. This is terrible. <laughs> we, I mean, I really don't have any excuse. Like, yeah, because the alarm was off. That's what was driving me nuts. I'm like turning the alarm off. It says off while it's beeping, and I'm like, okay, if I can get it to end now, it won't come back. And then five minutes later, it would come back. Oh boy. You want the real answer for this, Weege? Mm. Nothing is ever free. <laughs> it is true. Watch looked good. It was free. I was supposed to wear it on the shows because they were a sponsor. Yep. Yep. Buy your own watch. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. That's... I have a Timex Iron Man I bought. The alarm does not go off, ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, now we've got that mystery solved. Uh, let's mm-hmm. dive into uh, Fox Raceway. JT, let's talk about Fox Raceway at Paula. Paula? Everything that happened at Fox Raceway. Um, Tomac was good. Tomac was really good. Uh, that first moto kind of looked like the first moto at Hangtown a little bit for the first half. Eli just kind of riding, not able to make some gains. And uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to him after, after the race, um, and he declined my invite for the Pulp Show tonight. But I wanted to find out. Did he find something? Did he find some lines? Or did he simply pick it up? Or did he, you know, did the other guys wilt? And I haven't examined the lap times closely enough either yet. 
Um, but uh, it, it was a great ride. And the second moto was just more of the same. And I guess, uh, JT, we're back. Uh, Tomac's back. No problem. He's got this. Uh, see you later. Because he was clearly the best guy on the day. Yeah, but you're you're approaching this as if there's some sort of this is some sort of irregularity for Eli where we have just no explanation for what he's doing out there. Like he just goes one pace for a while, then all of a sudden he goes faster than everybody else can go, and oh yeah, he goes and wins a race. Like it just doesn't. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He's good. He's fine. He's, he's yeah. Three Pete. Here we go. But there's no logic to this. There's no logic because how is he able to do that? How is he able to just turn it on and turn it off? I, I just, I don't get it. You know, like in the middle of the race, everybody's doing, you know, 211, 212. He finds a way to go 208, you know, and then at the end, you know, everybody else was dropping into 211, 212, and he's still 209. He does 209 on lap 13. I mean, we've seen this enough now to not, I guess it shouldn't surprise us. But it still just doesn't make any logical sense why he can do it sometimes and why he can't others. Yeah, it was. If, it if was you great. look, if you look at Hangtown, that first moto, wouldn't that be a situation where you would be like, yeah, it's the urgency is there, it's not going well. He's stuck behind Anderson. Roxon's getting away. He's got to go now. That would be a situation where you like, if he had the ability to turn this off and on, that would be a situation where he would need to turn it on. Like he's got to go into that rare air lap time wise to, to close the gap, but he was not able to. But then the second mode on the muddy wins, then this weekend when he absolutely needed it, he was able to turn it on. So it's more baffling to me, not even the the way he's able to go so fast, that's unbelievable. But it's more baffling to me that he's seemingly unable to harness it. Like he just doesn't seem to be able to have any control over it or know when it's coming or not available to him. Like sometimes it seems like he hits the button and there's like a some sort of error, like it's just an error message. And other times he hits the button, and it's like, okay, yep, we're out of here. We're going to go yeah. two, three, four seconds a lot faster than everybody, and we're going to go win the race now. But why? Like that's the yep. why is is much more interesting to me than anything else. Yeah, it was it was great. He was great. And Weege, I was watching from the announcer's tower. Uh, my rider Chris Kiefer uh, failed to make the motos again, and so I was watching from the announcer's tower. And I was turned to somebody and said, "How cool is this for Roxon? This is this is awesome. This is amazing, because I thought Roxon had it. I thought Roxon had the first moto. I'm just like, this is he's sprinting away. He's got, I don't know what his largest lead was, but it was pretty good. And I'm just like, yeah, he's got this. And then uh, Kenny was lucky. Well, not lucky. Kenny helped, was fortunate to uh, hold on a second a little bit too because he felt heat from Marv. But I didn't have Tomac winning Weege when I saw Roxon halfway through the moto have that lead." Yeah, and remember, it wasn't just Tomac that got him. I mean, Muskan couldn't pass him, mm-hmm. but Muskan did catch him, and I was surprised. I mean, it looked like, but Kenny being faster than qualifying, that's not his specialty. So to me, when he's faster than qualifying, that yeah. means something. It was last week he won the race, and he was fastest. He did it again. He checks out so quickly in the first moto, just like he did at Hangtown. And he had a nice five-second lead, and I think he was just cruising. And then when I saw all of a sudden Marv had it down to three, then two, then one, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. I was confused. Uh, yeah. As JT says, Tomac does that. Sometimes there's nothing you can do, but Marv got him too. So that's a huge change. So I'm almost going to go a little more in your direction here, Steve. Uh, I know it's early in the season, but as inconsistent and weird as Eli's results can be at times, if you honestly look at just outdoors last year, he was basically good in every single moto except his bike broke when he was leading at Redbud. 
and then he sucked the second moto that day. Just, okay, that's really it. Every other moto, 22 times, or 23, because the one was a bike failure, he was fine. I think he got ninth in the last moto of the year in the mud when he was trying to clinch the title. But I feel like outdoors last year, we didn't see a lot of the what the hell is wrong with this guy. No, it was better than the year before. The year before, we saw more what the hell. 17 was shaky. Right. 17 was super shaky. Yeah. But 18 was good. And now I'm like, well, in three of the four motos this year, we saw exactly what we saw in pretty much every moto in 18. And for sure, 15 minutes into the first moto, I'm like, this is a whole new Roxen or it's the old Roxen, whatever. Yeah. But I think that first moto, second half, kind of extinguished a little bit of that. I think so I, I'm almost with you. I'm like, this is not good news for the guys trying to beat Tomac. I'm not saying it's over, but yeah. definitely I'd be like, oh, crap. And last week, I think after last week, we were like, well, he won the second moto, but it was a super mutter, and the first moto wasn't good, so we were like, we don't know. We don't, we don't know. Maybe this is more being more erratic, but, you know, yeah. Now, now we're leading. So, you know, after last week, I think we were at 17 Tomac, 2017 Tomac, and now this week... We're at the 2018 Tomac because, uh, yeah, it was it was an amazing ride. Um, you know, having said that, I mean, he only led 11 laps out of the 21 of the day, but it still was it was a dominant performance. I felt like in that second moto, he didn't lead a lot of laps in races last year. Yeah, where at the end of the day, you were still not doubting yeah. at all that he was the best guy. In the second moto, when Marv was leading, I'm like, "There's Eli's going to get him." Right? We all were thinking that, right? I mean, nobody was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, poor Marv. Yeah. But Marv rode good. Yep. But uh, I, you're just like, yeah, when's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? So, yeah, it was, it was quite a ride. It's quite a ride. Uh, and, he, and he's got the he's got the red plate uh, now, of course. And, uh, you know, his qualifying has been good. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll go, we'll go, go on to Colorado where he's been really, really good in the past, too. So, uh, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Weech, JT. This could be a long summer. Yeah, I mean, I think most people had him as the title favorite, right? He's yeah. coming off yep. back-to-back titles in the series, so it's not it's not something we didn't expect. I still don't have any confidence, though. I'll be honest, moto to moto, I don't have any confidence that he's going to just go out and dominate. He absolutely could, and and if you were just looking at it on paper or uh, some sort of you know um, percentage chance. You know, you would say, yes, he'll probably win. But there are just so many weird motos where you're like, ah, yeah, he just yeah. wasn't feeling it that time. Yeah. But but over a 24-moto span, he he seems to just have the most. And I think if he can manage the motos where he's not feeling it, like Hangtown Moto 1, whatever goes on, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, he says he's not feeling it, if it's the setup's just 1% off and he can't do what he needs to do. Whatever's going on, if he can manage those and those are – third, fourth, you know, in the moto, he's going to, he's going to kill this series. It's, it's not even going to be close because the only time he's really opened up any chance for these guys is when those bad motos have been like 10th place. And he didn't really do that last year. That was more 17. Like you guys were saying, he'll grind them down. What I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, He'll just grind grind these guys down. Yep. 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 I just think he's going to suffocate these guys because he's going to win a lot. And if he can manage the bad ones and, and they're fourth place, yes, it's going to be over early. By the way, you guys talk about not working on a Sunday or a Monday or a holiday or whatever. I just got a tweet asking where this review was right now on, on Monday morning, Pacific time. Just want to say. People want it. All well, right? We're here doing it. Okay. I'm just saying. Yep. Uh, so- I'd say the only thing to JT's point, 
I was uh, yes, he's the, the the favorite and the champ. And I thought the only thing they could change this year is I mean I do feel like the competition's a little stiffer than it was last year because Kenny should be better, Webb should be better, Zach goes in there, Anderson didn't even make it through the whole year last year. Hopefully he does this time. Obviously it's not making a difference necessarily in who's winning the motos because he's won three out of four. But you would think on those off motos that maybe it shoves him back a position or two. Like he could have, should have, would have finished fifth in the first moto of Hangtown. Zacho didn't fall. So putting Zacho and Anderson and a better Roxon in that first moto at Hangtown made his not great moto maybe a little worse than it would have been in previous years. Uh, so there's something there, but I don't know if it's enough to make a drastic difference. Uh, if you win, if you're on a pace where you win three out of four motos, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. He was great. Um, by the way, we were back at Paula for the first time, Fox Raceway for the first time. Um, Weed, you didn't really like the track, huh? You didn't really like it, it seemed like? Well, it was only in the terms of, uh, on a text thread with our buddy Swizzcore, your all-time pulp superfan turned employee, um, he's like, dude, the track looks so much better than Hangtown. Like, Hangtown, I don't know if it's everybody's favorite, but it definitely has character. You know, if you're there, if you've seen it in person, it's, it's unique to itself. It has, it's gnarly, it's rough, it's, it's got hills, it's got weirdo obstacles. This was like more generic motocross track. Not necessarily bad, right. but I feel like most yeah. of the tracks in the Nationals have their distinction yeah. that we all remember yeah. through history, and this is just generic motocross track. The Hills section is, is cool, but, but is it, in general, I don't, I don't feel it as the character of the other rounds. Yeah, but is it that way just because we've barely gone there? Do you need to keep going there to get character, you know? Mm, I see your point, but I don't think that's it. I just okay. think that's the lay of the, the right. land, so to speak. Um, I will say that talking to a lot of riders going into it, they like riding there um, as far as Southern California practice tracks go. Right. But they were all worried about for a race how bad it would be for passing. And it wasn't great, but it was better than I think most people feared it would be. Um, here, here's – we saw uh, – the first motos were fantastic in both classes. They were great. And I wonder if it was a little bit because of the track prep. It wasn't dissed up and watered and deep and ruddy – Every, I mean, certainly some spots were, but I just wonder if a little bit, and I mentioned this to Roy Jansen, um, the, the grand poobah of these things. I said, maybe maybe, maybe this is something, maybe this is a, um, a look into what should be done for track prep a little bit. Because remember the Lakewood uh, under the lights where it wasn't groomed, it wasn't ripped up because of the shadows and everything. And we had incredible racing. Now that was a little bit different because those guys were all just pinned or it was really smooth. JT, you raced that thing. It, it was pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had some great racing. And I think from what I could see on TV and being there, it looked like the guys could go anywhere. They weren't trapped into one rut um, because of the way that the track was prepped. I, I wonder if that's a – we saw some great racing, and especially in the first two motos. And I wonder if that's it, JT, a little bit about track prep. I wonder if we learned something or if we should learn something. Yeah, it's, it's one of the all-time great debates. Uh, everybody seems to have an opinion. Well, JT, you can go. I got a million thoughts on this. Yeah, I'll just go really quickly. Um, I, I think so. You know, I don't think that every race has to be exactly the same. And I think one thing our series is lacking is diversity and just a diff- different kinds of dirt, different types of prep. And I think, I think that's what I liked most about this event. I didn't love the track. I think it felt more like a, like a local race track than a national championship event to me but 
the saving grace was that it was different. It was hard pack and it had, it wasn't one rut from, you know, one corner to the next, like a lot of tracks are, uh, it just felt different than what we, what the norm has been. And I think that's good. I think that's one thing we've been sorely lacking in recent years. You know, if you go back 20, 30 years ago, there was all kinds of different tracks from Binghamton, Redbud was hard packed to Southwick sand. A lot of these tracks all kind of mirror each other. And I think they've done it to try to improve themselves, but it's also made them all kind of the same. And Paula was different. Yeah. So, and, and whether and we I had good racing not, and we had great racing. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether I liked it or not, I, I think that it was a win because it was very different added variety and a unique track to the series. Wow. I, I think we should look at that a little bit. I really do. It's hard to always pinpoint where it, where it comes from because to me, I, I think you're right. Our, our buddy Anton actually, uh, I saw him tweet on Saturday morning. He said, We're going to see the first hard pack national track in quite some time. Be interesting to see how it turns out. Uh, and you're right. I think it actually worked out good in some ways. I, it didn't get dusty. I think that's the only real issue with the hard pack. I think they will admit that a lot of the ripping and watering and disking it up so deep is partially to not end up having dust uh, four hours into the motos because you don't have a lot of time for track maintenance. So if you can somehow have it a little bit harder, less ripped up, but still not have dust, I think you're good. So they kind of proved it can be done. Um, but as far as it offering better racing, it could be that. But to me, I was looking at it like, huh, the riders were worried that they couldn't pass and there wasn't a lot of separation. And sometimes it actually works better. Sometimes it does. It just depending on who's ahead and who's trying to catch somebody. You know, dude, the 250s especially, how many motos or, and battles did we see? Steve, I heard you talking about it with Sexton trying to get Justin Cooper in the second moto. Mm-hmm. And then that incredible first moto with like seven dudes. They couldn't quite get each other. No one could quite make passes. No one could quite pull away. So sometimes... Yeah, because mistakes, right? You're, they're not making mistakes because it's, it's uh, you know, Well, I also think that rough. there's... It's so weird. The riders always say, I wish we could have tracks with more options and separation. And this is both motocross and supercross. Because the theory is like, separation means I can pass. And then you'll see passing. And passing is exciting. But separation also means, uh, look, let's just compare spade to a spade. Like, Glen Helen is one of the gnarliest tracks. That's what Paolo replaced this year, right? There's got to be parts of Glen Helen where the dudes are like, yeah, this is really difficult. And another guy's like, huh, I can do this. Like, it's so crazy that maybe some guys, because he's better skilled or his bike is better or whatever, he can go through this section one second faster than the other guy. And then you end up with a massive lead. Here... They were all doing pretty much the same thing. It kept them close on lap times. They couldn't make passes easily. So you get five guys going across the finish within 3.8 seconds. So in general, what I feel like we get from fans is they want to see the gnarliest, most aggro tracks ever that create separation. But they also want the racing to be close. So I don't know what the solution is. Yeah. yeah no, I, it could I, easily I, have gone the other way. If the wrong guy gets the, wrong, gets the good start, the boring track leads to boring racing. But sometimes it works out beautifully where you have five guys that are about the same speed and they start up front together and the racing is unreal. Now, by the way, I know what everybody's going to say. Well, Eli Tomac figured out how to make up time. Yes, I get it. As always, don't use one guy as your example. Use the other 79 who were all, all really close. Well, I uh, Take Tomac out of the discussion, please. I thought we saw some great racing, so maybe we should go that way. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe that's yep. what it was. Right. But don't you feel that the it took it was so hard for guys to make passes on each other 
don't you think that contributed actually to the racing being better? It's like the battles being long-lasting and close? Yeah. 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 Sometimes lack of passing actually makes better racing. I know that sounds completely asinine. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, I thought the crowd was decent. I thought it was, you know, I don't think it was Glen Helen crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was pretty good. I, I, I thought the parking, I heard the from parking was fine. I talked to a couple people. Seemed like that was much, much, much better than it was before. So that that's good, I think. I think it worked out all right there. Good to I see. wonder how many people were scared off. I can barely remember it was eight years ago. Right. And we get there so early and leave so late, we yeah. don't always see the parking traffic issues. But I heard, it was epically bad in the past, right? Yeah, I talked to a couple of people that told me they drove right in and they were there later. So Yeah, like I heard like Pike showed up at like noon and it didn't take that long. So I'm not here to really chill. I think we try to be just normal people here and not salespeople. But I will say, if you were afraid to go to the race because of the traffic, I think they have it solved. Uh, there you go. Well, you don't have your beeping watch solved, so I don't know if anybody can trust you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Muscan, yeah, good. Uh, looks like that practice tr- crash at Hangtown uh, in the morning at Hangtown that he said affected him really did because uh, he was very good. Uh, Roxon, of course, um, I would have put a lot of money on Roxon winning that first moto uh, if you'd asked me halfway through, especially after coming off of Hangtown. But um, but when he did is get – any? Does that lead to any concern of like, yeah, yes. see, Kenny's not – Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 plus two is going to be tough. 100%. Right, JT? Yeah. Yeah, why yeah, not? Yeah, this is – now we're worried. Now this is what, what we thought would happen. So. Yeah, that was – for Ken Roxon, that's a totally winnable moto. We've seen him win motos like that seemingly a thousand times. Yep. Um, uh, 2016, Kenny doesn't get caught in that moto, I don't think. Oh, hell yeah. no. And he didn't, he didn't completely fall apart. You know, the, the big mm-hmm. thing, when you, really, when you dive into the lap times, he only – he was doing – 208 was his best, but realistically, the guys were doing 209, 210 was kind of the race pace. The problem is he dropped to 212 the last couple laps. That's where that's where it really fell apart for him. If he could have held that 210 to 11, where Eli was at and where he, where Kenny was at too, he would have been fine. the The real question is, why did he drop 212? Was he tired? You know, was this fatigue thing setting in? Yeah. Only he can answer that. But that's you know when you really analyze what happened. That's that's where it was. The, yep. the one to two seconds a lap is what killed him. Yep, for sure. So I think we're going to Thunder Valley with some questions about Kenny, like we went into uh, Paula with some questions about Tomac a little bit. So um, Osborne five four, Anderson four five. Um, man, Osborne's close. I think to to getting in there. He's just got to get some starts. He he was impressive. This this the first moto he tracked Coop down from a long ways back and never gave up and got him on the last lap or the second last lap. And, man, he, he, he gets some starts. I don't know if he can beat Tomac straight up, but he can go 2-2, JT. <laughs> maybe, but the first moto, he was, he was there, though, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he made a mistake. He, he came around pretty far back uh, from, the, from the lead pack. One of the motos, he was in the mix. I can't remember if it was the first moto or the second moto, but he had all those guys in his sights, I thought. Second uh, moto, maybe. Up the, yeah, maybe the second moto. I'm pulling up the, um, the list right here. By the way, we've had the, lap, we had the, he was eighth. we've had the same top six the first two rounds, and it's not hard to see that that's our top six going forward. Yeah. So, so I'm yeah. looking at it now. He was, uh, he was in fifth at the end of the second lap. So... I mean, he's right there. You know, those yeah. guys were all bunched together. 
so I don't, I don't know. He's gonna have to he's gonna have to go prove it because he you know I'm not saying he was winning the race there, but he was certainly within sight of all those guys. And I'm looking at the lap times now. The second moto, he's there. Um, yeah, he was just a touch off. You know, they were doing two oh nine. Excuse me, two oh nine. He was doing two ten. That was really the difference. Yep. He, so he just got to find a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he's certainly in the mix now. Yeah. Uh, Webb didn't have the day he wanted. Six six. Anderson four five. Uh, probably wasn't stoked that that Osborne got him, but uh, still good rides for for both of those Rockstar Husky guys. I think. I mean, you got to be. I think you're happy if you're Bobby Hewitt, even though you're off the podium. Um, they were certainly right well, there. Yeah, Anderson's Anderson's fourth in points. Uh, I didn't think he would be fourth in points after two rounds. So, uh, I think he's ahead of expectations. My expectations, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Webb didn't have the day he wanted for sure, but he's got a 450 Supercross title, everyone. So, yeah, just <laughs> it's just take that on back to the truck if you're Coop Webb after uh, Paul. You know that that Paula track doesn't seem like a track that Webb would excel on to me. It, it's just it was fast and hard pack. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's, I guess when you think Coop, you think an idiot. You think East Coast? You think Coop? You think East Coast? Yeah, I just it just didn't look like a track that would be where he would shine. And I think it's fair to say I would expect better than six six from him, but it just doesn't. That wasn't Web style to me. I think there will be better days ahead. Uh, lots of shitting on Justin Hill on this podcast this this season. So it's only fair. To, not today. Not today. Sixteenth uh, uh, to eighth in the first moto, uh, eight seven on the day. Uh, caught and passed uh, Justin Barsha, I believe, in both motos. Um, good job, Justin Hill. Good job. That's that's all. I think Weege, if you're Coy Gibbs, that's that's all you want right there. Six eight seven outdoors and uh, a little bit more uh, up towards the front in Supercross. Yeah, I don't think anyone thinks outdoors that he's going to those six dudes that you're saying that have been top six in every moto. Yeah. I don't think anyone's reasonably expecting him that he should be beating them outdoors. So eight, seven with all those guys being healthy, I think is all you can ask for. But even bigger than that is how he did it. Like he was really charging at the end. Now Webb is one of the smarter guys. I think he had a big gap over him late in the second moto and he probably backed it down, but he'll did, did get right to him at the end. Uh, and again, I bet you that was a lot of Webb just managing it. But the, mm-hmm. the what you see is Hill charging late in the second thirty plus two moto of the day, which is just as big as the result. So that's definitely something. It was weird. He was on a uh, there's a there's a podcast called DMXS Radio. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Not familiar. Okay. Nope. Well, he was on there on uh, Wednesday, and a kind of typical Hill interview. It was very deep. Very revealing, puzzling at times. Uh, and I think what he was implying is that he's headed in the game where he hasn't, I think he's almost felt scared. Like, wow, these guys go really fast, and it's scary, and I don't want to get hurt, and I don't know if I'm really into this right now. <laughs> and then he said he just spent the week riding in the desert with his brother Josh, which he thought was awesome. I sometimes wonder if that's the best strategy, but I cannot argue with the results. He got way better. Um, mm-hmm. can he, but I guess the only final question would be 8-7 and being strong in the second moto is what you'd want. Does, can he do this like all the way through? I mean, that's I believe the, that's yeah. a bigger question mark. I, I believe yeah. so. When you look at the bike and the talent, he should yeah. be an 8-7 guy. 
Right. Or, but for or 24 motos and he's still racing in August. Five to still 10. Trying. Five to 10 every moto. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was really neat because after the finish line, there was those rollers on the inside. And he was like, seriously, I think he was the only guy in the first moto. The, the inside rollers were, he was, there was not a lot of takeoff for lip on it. And a lot of guys were kind of getting over it and, and fr- framing the second bump, or they were or they were letting off and then just full-on pulling up the wheelie and doing that. Hill was the only guy, or maybe the only guy that I saw, he was able to come in at a relatively high rate of speed, come in, blip the throttle, and go all the way over to the next bump. Like, just something like something like that where you're like, well, it saves his, he saves his energy because he's not pounding against this second whoop. He's making a double out of it. There's no lip, so it's not easy. Because nobody else is really doing it. And it's just something you're watching him and you're like, yep, only Hill can do that right there. And, and it was fast. And, yeah, you're just like, yep, of course. So, Yep. So good job, Justin Hill. He deserves it. Um, all the props for that. And the team and Suzuki and everybody, they need, they need something, anything right. well, from anybody. No, the 2020, so R- no, 2020 RMs are out. And yeah. Uh, yeah. they didn't even hide. They didn't even hide it. They just said bold new graphics. They didn't even say thicker, on, thicker, thicker clutch plates, uh, longer radiator, um, nothing. Couldn't you say mapping and suspension revalve and no right? one would ever actually know? Right. Can't you just say that? I, right? <laughs> I'm advising you to lie. <laughs> we got a member yep. of RM Army on the line, so we can't really, you know, he's not going to go with this JT. Or we well, it's like, unfortunate. Great. No, This is what I think sucks oh. for Suzuki. And JT, you can explain. Their bikes aren't garbage, but they've, for whatever reason, they've been hit by like this rep now of they're so far behind. The bikes aren't, I don't think people think the bikes suck, but that's like the rep that they now have. It's really unfortunate. I would just say that anytime you have a bike that is, this good and this perfect. If you change it, there's a chance you're going to go backwards. Okay. And I don't think they were willing to take that risk. Fantastic. Thank you. You are you are still Excellent. still enlisted in the RM Army. Um, Excellent. What uh, was RV's uh, yeah uh, slogan for Yamaha? Yeah. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they're going with. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I just feel bad for Suzuki. JT, you ride these bikes. All biases aside, there's nothing wrong with them. No, I right? rode, I rode one. I rode one for six yeah. months. Yeah. No, it's really good. I think if you I just think, take people you know, on YouTube, they're just like, oh, that bike is still 14 years old, which is not. No, no. I mean, the only thing, you know, that you can really hammer them on is they don't have electric start. That's, that's, and they know this. They're keenly aware that, you know, this right. is the deal. But, no, the bike, they've made a huge step forward on the 250 and the 450. But, uh, yeah. But I'm just I, saying, just, just, just bikes are fine. map it and do some revalving and, and thicken the clutch plates. Just do something for 2020. Just, just, just something. Anyways, yeah. all right. Um, hey, so I talked to Barsha after the race, and he got a good start in one of the motos. Um, he's not just his wrist is needs surgery. He said down the line, his other one is sore. The the one that does not need surgery is the one that's bothering him now. Um, yep, he's content. Like he's not mad. He's just it is what it is. He hasn't tested. You know, he took some time off Supercross so he could so he could test for outdoors, but then he crashed. That way, sounded like a bike issue a little bit when he crashed. Maybe not. Um, and, and, yeah, so Barsha is just – this isn't the guy. This is the guy. This is far from the guy that was one of moto last year outdoors. So he he's just uh, coming along. Uh, yeah, fa- it sucks for him. Yeah. yeah. Fa- in that spot. Fast yeah. Freddie Norin. Remember him? Ooh. Barely raced last year. He was hurt. 
He's not exactly a supercar specialist this this year, so we didn't see a lot of him in that. But nine nine, why get fast, Freddie Norin? Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't think that necessarily. Uh, he spent a lot of his time in the East Coast. Like you get a little bit of a ringer situation, but some guys I think on these tracks they ride a lot. Yeah, be it no, Powell or Glen Helen or anywhere, Freddie. but I don't think that's the case for him. No, and he rode no. well, dude. He moved up. He did. Yeah. Fitness was good. Yeah, listen, I'm yeah. a Fast Freddie fan, so. I was very happy. Good job, Fast Freddy. I, I, I yeah, that. and one other thing I want to throw in, I want people to know, like, Freddy's got a relationship with Honda. He did ride for the factory team here and there as a fill-in. But, dude, he is not a factory rider in any way, shape, or form. Like, right now, when I was down at Club MX with Phil a couple weeks ago, like, his bike was freaking stock. Like, stock. I don't think he even had an exhaust on it. Now, obviously, it's probably gotten better in the last month since he's been racing. Yeah, but he's got he good suspension. He's got good suspension. Yeah, so, yeah, but he's a privateer. Yes, yes. You know, it's not some sort of satellite operation. Nope. Like, that makes it even more impressive. 9-9, nine, nine, JT, for Fast Freddy. Crazy good. That was, uh, I would say Justin Hill had the performance today, as far as unexpected, and then I would say Norrin second. Blake Baggett, JT. Blake Baggett. Oh. He, yeah, he crashed. Uh, pretty good one that we didn't see it on TV, but... Had to be pretty good. Oh, yeah. It was on the Fair inside blood. of those rollers after the finish. Yeah. Yep. Got... Um, bruised his navicular is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was the second moto issue. Couldn't really ride anywhere near what he the way he wanted to. But yeah, he went backwards. They don't think it's going to be. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he, he apparently bad. he couldn't really hold on. Yeah. Probably, you know, just trying to get any points he could. So they don't think it's going to be anything that is long-lasting. But definitely was in some serious pain the second moto. Uh, Seeley, um, both hole shots for Blake Baggett, by the way. Both hole shots. So, um, Seeley crashed in the first moto. I had to work his way up. I had him in my fantasy team, so I was paying acute attention to Cole Seeley's second moto. Eighth, good job for him. I think that's, you know, where he needs to be. Uh, Dean Ferris, I talked to him after the race. He's pretty frustrated. Uh, gonna try some testing and everything else. Uh, 10-13 for him. He crashed in the second moto early and was way back and worked his way up to 13th. Bogle. Bogle hole shot, second moto. Not officially, not according to the, to here. Really? Yeah, it says whole shot, Blake Baggett. I'm with you guys. I thought Bogle got it. Wow. Yeah, so, I didn't I didn't even think Baggett was up there in second moto. Oh, no, he was right there. He was up there. Yeah. No, he was right there. Oh. I was almost positive Bogle was well, there it says, of him. Yeah. It says Baggett, so if somebody wants to call okay. Doris, we can figure that out. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm just going to go on record as saying that doesn't mean anything, that they have him down as Baggett down as whole shot. It could be anybody. <laughs> uh, Bogle, twelve twelve, not a good day for him. He went backwards, especially in Moto Two. Said it just wasn't his day, wasn't his track. Uh, he crashed up on, on press day on Friday. Said it was bothering him a little bit, so might have hit his head a little bit. Uh, Dylan Merriam, Todd Waters, good job for those guys. Merriam, fifteen fifteen on the day. So if you look at the privateers, it's uh, Freddie nine, Waters thirteen, Merriam fourteen. Top three privateers, right there. Um, Masterpool crashed with Bowers in the second moto. Otherwise, he, he 13th in the first moto was another strong performance by him. Lercurcio's bike blew up on the last lap of the... Mathis, you have to see, sorry, the clip of... I, I could tell by your Bowers interview, you didn't see the Masterpool-Bowers situation? I, I briefly uh, saw it on the screen when I was up watching because I have the screen in front of the TV feed, but I, I didn't really see it, no. JT, you probably did. It was hilarious. So Masterpool... Bowers was stuck under his bike. Masterpool gets off his own bike to help Bowers pulls the bike off, and flips Bowers' bike on top of his own, which then allows Bowers to get away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the Lucretio's bike blew up on the last lap of Moto1, or Moto2, I should yeah, say. There's no, uh, yep. 
Hold on a second. What? I'm, I'm watching the start right now. This was clearly bogus. <laughs> okay, well. JT is not having this. Well, there's no... I like it. Well, it's, it's freaking brutal, man. Like, clearly Bogle. Well, this goes along with the credential photos, I think. Hey, I, I want to say something. Okay. Um, because right. of this podcast last week, I got a phone call. It says Bogle on TV. <laughs> it says Motorsport Whole Shot. Bogle. I know. I mean, I remember okay. calling it. Well, as far as the credentials, I got a phone call. Hey, we heard the credentials are messed up. Which ones did you hear about? And I believe they fixed them. So the podcast. Podcast, podcast. There you go. Good. That's good to hear that. Um, this pod fixed it. Maybe maybe they'll give Bogle the whole shot award if we complain about it here. Because there is a whole shot award, is there not? There's a Ricky Carmichael. Oh, no, yeah. there's, a, no, there's, there's a, pro- a graphic. No, no, no. The, Motorsport.com, whole shot award. There's not a trophy. There's not a trophy. There's Ricky Carmichael, hard charger, which RC was known for all those rides from the back. And then there's... Um, uh, the privateer award at the riders meeting. So there's actually two awards, but neither one whole shot. So um, Ben LeMay, what are you laughing at? Just that you will never ever. It makes like, no sense. It makes no. <laughs> it's like giving me an award for being, you know, the greatest uh, uh, astronaut ever. Like I was never an astronaut. I think, you're, I think you're reaching. You're reaching there a little bit. Just, just saying. Okay. Um, most dignified and classy media awards. <laughs> Thank you. Media awards. Thank That's you. what it would be. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Ryan Dungey, Golden Mike. Same thing. Same thing. Right. Same, same RC thing. probably had three bad starts in his entire <laughs> motocross career. <laughs> and he was literally in the, by first by the end of the first lap because he would just go balls out. Yes. So, uh, okay. Ben LeMay, bummer for Ben. He was dicing with LeMay in Moto1. He blew up his bike in practice. Missed the second practice, had to do a top end, uh, apparently did a top end either by himself or somebody helped him, and then he goes out there in the first moto, and he's battling with Norn, and then, I don't know, his moose explodes everywhere. Not a moose, the moose. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, Ben LeMay DNF. Like, what a day for Ben LeMay. So, uh, but yeah, Ben LeMay, Freddie Norn, those are my guys, dude. That's that's a lot of hard work, and that's great to see. So, I like that. Erky uh, Caro. Taiki Koga and Toshida Tomita all finished within each other. So, right there. Erky Cairo, JT, Pulpamex Fantasy. Huge points for the Estonian. Yep. Yep, I picked him. I told you he wasn't from Finland. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But but, but I think... I, but, I have heard I heard about him from my Finnish friend. Oh, uh, so. yeah, yeah. Um, What else? Bowers didn't have the day we, we wanted, like we talked about. Um, Henry Miller started up front in Moto1, man. He was right up there. He didn't probably finish where he wanted to. Uh, Alex Ray was out there. His sprockets, his sprocket came loose on the last lap of Moto Two, so he DNF'd. Um. All right. Anything else? Four fifty class. Poor A Ray doing these doing these nationals when he shows up. Poor A Ray. Yeah, it's just it's just a clown show. Just it's just tough. Right. It is. It, it, it doesn't do we, really. Do we go imagine well. this going? Do we imagine this going any differently? No, no, no one did. No one did. No, not at all. No, no. You, it's it's so hard to just run your own program and jump into a national. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as soon as I saw him on Friday, I'm just thinking, this poor guy is going to ride his balls off and is going to get nothing to show for it. Right. Right. Exactly. It will happen, and it did happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, uh, RV lost the 125 race. Uh, I don't know, but he still he told me he still gets the red plate, <laughs> even though there's no points and there's no series. He said the other kid wasn't at Hangtown or something, so he still gets the red plate, and then he wanted a cover from Davey. 
That might happen, honestly. Oh, really? Why not? Okay, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, no, I haven't heard it talked oh. about, but yeah. why wouldn't you? I, I don't know, but yeah, he wants a cover, yeah. and he still keeps the red plate. That's that's all I got out of him. So is he? It's unbelievable that he has has no like bitter feelings. He's been beat now twice by guys he's never heard of in, in consecutive years. Yeah, no, he still walks. The 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 weight was the big thing. This kid is fifty pounds lighter than him. But he was all pumped on his his rocket ship. He's on board. Shouldn't that be? <laughs> I, I think the target. Well, yeah, I think it all moves. JT, the 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 the, the thing, the goalposts right. move all the time. The goalposts are on wheels. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. Yeah, whatever it is. So, but Arizzi, who beat him, is like a. He's one of the few amateur kids, like from the actual like SoCal area, like that, like one of the yep. few top amateurs that's you know they're usually holed up at MTF or Club Max or wherever these days. Uh, I know a milestone, and probably here he probably has a ton of laps, so he should use that too. Cody Cooper's having but a rough start. Oh, oh, go ahead. Hold on, hold on to Weege's point. This kid raced the Cal Classic in April at this track, yeah. which is okay. That's not, an advantage. But yep. he didn't even win. He raced the schoolboy class and he raced the B class, and he didn't win either one of those. I was saying to myself, have that on record. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Steve, you get hit up on Twitter by probably 100 people like, we're lap times. I want to know how Villapoto would have stood on that 125 Ugh. against 250S, right? You get that every week? Yeah, I don't care. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, like Josh Freezy is an up-and-coming amateur, but as to JT's point, he's not even an A rider. Uh, so I just want people to slow their roll a little bit if they think that Villapoto on that 125 could maybe be out there making some noise if he rode it in the 250 class. Um, yeah, exactly, right? Um, right. Oh, by the way, I just shout out for – so I've been doing these things with the, the MCR Honda team with Kiefer, right? So I've had to watch these LCQs that I don't normally watch of nationals on, on, on mornings. Uh, shout out to Chris Aldrich, by the way. So I was wondering, 876, two-stroke, right? It's a four-lap LCQ. He's on a two-stroke. He came around lap one in ninth. He got – Two guys on the last lap. He got basically got all the way from ninth to fourth to third. Sorry, six guys in four laps on a two-stroke. Chris Aldridge. Just, just want to point that out. Just a little tip of the cap to Chris Aldridge for his ride in the LCQ to get into the motos on a two-stroke, and where he promptly went thirty-six uh, thirty-seven on the day. <laughs> I, I just. Like the LCQ ride, I'm just like, oh, well, Aldridge is out of this thing, and all of a sudden I'm like, what, what, what? He's third. So, yeah. Well, the talent's there. That's why he had a pro circuit Kawasaki ride. But yeah, the rest of it's sorely lacking. The rest, the rest of the program is not there. He slips in a tent. Yeah. Right. And uh, and he's racing a two stroke. Right. Um. All right. Anything else? Two fifty. Okay, all right. Thanks to uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Uh, please check them out on the web, Blake Baggett, and uh, who got the whole shot in both motos. Where's Fly Racing? Uh, thanks to, thanks to uh, uh, Fly Racing for coming on board. Alpine Stars also. Uh, Tech 10, the most advanced booted motocross today. Slick Wash. Uh, code Steve saves you on their three-step wash process. Wygant, you have some of that on your way right now. Some Slick Racing three-step yep. wash. I would send an email that says I'm part of the team. Yep. And the picture they show is the number 73 Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki being washed off. I will soon have my bike as clean as Marty's. Yep. And Maxis, Maxis Tires, uh, they make Weege's watch. That uh, 
just start beeping. So, um, actually, maybe I shouldn't say that. MXST tire out now, developed by Jeremy McGrath. Watches are not their specialty. Tires are, everybody. I was going to say, they're, they're not in the watch business. Right. They're, so, let's go easy. Uh, and thanks to uh, Racetech, uh, Ben LeMay using Racetech uh, Motors and uh, Motors out there, and as well as Tyler Medaglia and Michael Lessie. So, Racetech.com, thanks to those guys. Use code PULP19 to save. Uh, when you call Race Tech, and they'll dial you in. So thanks to those companies for making this podcast happen. Uh, Paula, 250, Fox Raceway. Uh, by the way, what did you think of the retro gear? Why can't Fox's retro gear? I loved it. Yeah, I did think it was awesome, although it's been done by them a few times, right? Well, they did it at a high point back in the 90s, right? Didn't they have it at Washougal recently? I don't know if it was that color, though. I thought it was retro, it was retro but not that color retro. Oh, okay. My bad. I, I thought it looked awesome. I just thought it's it's not quite as potent because I feel like they've done it before. But I did. I did they do it in '94. What's huh? that? Didn't they do it in '94? Like it was like their 20th yeah. anniversary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm not referencing that one. I thought I saw it at Washougal like the last three years or something. Mm. You, you can do it every. You can if you did it in '94. It's not played out if you do it again in 2019. I think right. that's okay. I, I just uh, I, no. I thought it was cool. You 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 you're all over the map with retro gear and all that. And no, I'm not. Yeah, you I'm are. Not all over the map. Yeah, you are. You're all over the map. So no. nobody really knows what you how you feel. No, retro gear is cool. Retro stuff is cool. JT Racing building an entire line around nothing but the retro nostalgia was doomed to fail, and it did. All right. Because you could, if you're if you're Fox or hey, if you're Fly Racing or whoever, you can have a retro looking gear line. And then if you're not into retro, here's some other stuff. JT Gear was trading on 100% nothing but retro. That's the only thing they had to trade on. Oh. That doesn't work. I like the Fox stuff. It looked really good. They did a good job with it. It reminded me of Bomber back in the day. So I liked it. Um, all right. So, yeah, uh, AC wins again. JT, I'm surprised, man. He He's really good. He did not get the start in the first moto. Uh, Nick Way. Uh, got him to start on the far right side where it was harder packed. It wasn't dissed up. And and by the way, both LCQ hole shots came from the far right gate. I tried to get my rider to go there, but um, guys had grabbed it before then. So that was the move. That it wasn't. It wasn't you know a crazy idea to have AC start way out there because as I said, but um, shades of high point back in the day, right, JT? Um, yeah, there there's a there's a bunch of tracks where these moves like Binghamton was another one where these guys would just try these crazy ball outside moves. Yep. Um, uh, my problem with this, and I, I wrote about this today for breakdown because there's a lot of, there's a lot to it. So I, I think it worked, you know, it worked in the LCQs. It worked for Villapoto in the 125 race. It even worked for Shane McElrath in the second moto of the 250 race. He whole shotted from that gate. The problem I have is for Adam Cincerillo, who is an incredibly competent, consistent starter. He's really good on a great bike, Prozerg Kawasaki, you know, one of the best bikes in the class by far. I, he has the second gate pick going into the moto. I don't think you have to take such an aggressive stance there. Like, I think you can pick the obvious gate choice, which is near the box, and I think that's I think that's the smart play. I don't think you have to go to this line. To me, this is more of a line, you know, for, for Shane McElrath in the second moto, he has the fifteenth gate pick, okay? That makes sense to me. You're not gonna get the ideal pick if you go towards the middle. 
you have you you want to take a chance and you want to go outside and and try to go for a hole shot just like you did with the 15th pick no problem but when you have the second pick and you can go next to the box to me that's the higher percentage play i just think you have a much better chance of it going exactly to plan and the chance of it going horrifically wrong you know cuz in that first moto adam wasn't far from missing that pilot he he skated by it but if he's 5 feet further behind where he was he gets cleaned by the that crash that took out peters and Gaines and a few other guys so to me i don't think it was the right choice or the the smartest play i think they overthought it a little bit you know i think they were trying to get cute or cheeky there when they didn't they don't really need to that's the beauty of adam and on the equipment and the talent he has is you don't have to do that stuff you can just take the obvious choice and most times it's going to serve you well and you're going to come out in the top three or top five. In this case, it didn't work. And at the end of the first lap, he was 11th, which ended up hurting him, you know, in the results, because I don't think he would have been, you know, whatever he ended up in that moto third or fourth or whatever he was. Yeah. Yeah. Third. I think he would have had a chance to get up and battle for the lead. Um, It's not the, it's not a horrible decision by any means. I get it. I understand where the logic comes from. I just don't think they needed to do it. Text, text your buddy, Nick way. Tell him. No, I wrote it and I would stand behind it and I would tell him, I just think they overthought it. The logic's there, and I understand, and it's a smart play in a certain scenario. I just don't think okay. it was necessary given his gate pick. All right. Um, well, he looks well, again, he, he looks like just you know slowly, methodically, whether speed or, and fitness in that first moto, working up from that 11th spot to third, second moto. Obviously, uh, Hunter Lawrence had something for him. Um, and might have won, which would have actually, by the way, given Cooper the overall. But um, he he just looks just he looks better than everybody. He reminds me of Osborne. Just even terrible stuff, not terrible the eleventh, but even bad stuff. He figures it out, salvages, and then if he starts anywhere near, he's going to the front. He just looks, yeah, he looks great. Uh, Why again? Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you on it. Uh, and I'm really impressed because I don't feel like that's necessarily what Adam would be known for. It'd be known for almost the opposite, like sometimes balls out fast, but then making a mistake. But in this case, he seems to be managing the situations uh, better than everyone else. Everyone else, after these four motos, you probably have like a head scratcher of like, ah, they probably wish they could have this back or that back or wish they could have done this differently. He has executed everything perfectly in all four motos. He hasn't won all four, yep. but... We knew how hard that track would be to pass on, especially in that first moto of the day. And he turned that, what ended up being a bad start, into a solid finish, good enough to keep him in the overall. And then you could see when he got the better start in moto two, he knew exactly what to do with it. Like, Mm -hmm. here's how I'm going to handle the first three laps. Here's how I'm going to make these passes. Here's how I'm going to take advantage. Here's how I'm going to put myself up front, and I'm going to win. Obviously, the Hunter Lawrence thing was a curveball that, I don't know if anyone was prepared for him to be going that fast, and there was nothing Adam could do about it. Yeah. But in general, Adam, I feel like you could say he's done everything right, everything that he could do in his power right in these first four motos, and I didn't expect him to be that good at executing it. So, damn, well, dude, well, this is something. Look, it's early, uh, but yeah. Cooper has 16 points on Ferrandez in third. You know, two moto wins each for AC and Cooper, two wins, overall wins for Adam. Uh, I, it's already seen some separation. I guess it's early, JT, so let's not, let's not freak out, but... 16 points already after after four motos, after only four motos for Cooper. Yeah, I, to, to me, that's not a huge deal. Um, I, Ferrandis' starts are really the, the more critical part. The, the points, I think, there's so much racing left. Did, 
I kind of don't care so much about that. But if Ferrandez doesn't figure out a way to put himself at the front early, it's going to get worse because I think Adam and Justin Cooper will find themselves at the front more times than not on the start. Did we see the Ferrandez AC incident in Moto One? I didn't see it. What happened? Uh, Dylan's really. Dylan said Adam took him down and not happy. Oh, really? And there was some tension in the press conference. I guess I wasn't there. Why again? But did you see this? No, I wasn't in there in time. The 250 conference is over by the time I was done okay. uh, with TV. I don't know. We had some weird watch beeping sound we had to work on. I don't know what that was. Okay, all right. I was a little late. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Ferrandez did say it. Um, I just yeah. have the watching the video and I have the transcript. Yeah. I don't know if he was mad about how Supercross went or what. And AC's like, I don't ride that way. It was just first lap chaos. Yep. And then AC yeah. said, I'm sure he'll get me later down the road, <laughs> I guess. So. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but yeah, I didn't. Brandis can get you. He he can do it if he yeah. needs to. Yeah, yeah, I took him down a little bit. So, seven three for Ferrandis. Uh, Cooper, yeah, Cooper was fast all day. I had a few people tell me Cooper's going one one today. Like in qualifying, he was great. Uh, both qualifying sessions, I guess, and and just you know he rides there a little bit. Um, you know, great starter. So, the, people were pretty confident that Cooper was gonna gonna win both motos. The second moto, he just. He he didn't he looked fine he looked good he just he couldn't move forward like he could in the first moto he just well I guess he didn't need to in the first moto move forward but he didn't look he couldn't move forward at all in the, in the second moto rode well but just kind of stayed there um, yeah but Adam started behind him I think it was either lap one or two Adam's like I'm going by I have to pass you and then he did yeah. and he rode better so I cannot believe Cooper has not won a race yet like that's crazy right or supercross or supercross right yeah it's it's crazy it's, it's he's nuts. so good right. Yeah. Um, and Hunter Lawrence, yeah, was right there in the Moto One. Now his bike was blowing up before that collision. I didn't realize that till after the race. I thought that the 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 collision with Jordan Smith is what did did the bike in, but I guess not. Did not realize that. So, uh, but Hunter Hunter Lawrence, um, what is he? Uh, he's tenth in the points, but there's a lot of speed there. There's a lot of speed there for Hunter Lawrence. I was impressed. So- I have a couple questions. How much of this do we attribute to Hunter practicing there and racing there in the past? So th- this was maybe Redbud, maybe Florida National that he's ridden both of those before. He'll be comfortable. But this was by far the track he has the most time on. So does that matter? Do we attribute anything? Because this wasn't – he didn't have this pace at Hangtown. No. Not like this. Not the fastest guy on the track. Yeah, I know. We'll see. Jury's out, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I was uh, I was writing about this this morning, and I don't I don't know what the rules are or if they're going to try to do this. But if I'm advising them, it would behoove them to be at every Friday press day from here on out. I really think that would be a big advantage for him. I don't know if they'll let him do it or if he'd want to. But man, you want to talk about a way to get yourself, you know? And Chris Kiefer dealt with this. Like it's really hard to learn a new track. And within a few minutes, be able to go set your fastest time. Because a lot of these tracks, the times are set in the first practice. This weekend wasn't necessarily one of those, but a lot of them it is. And if you don't have the track figured out, you know, you've got to be able to go, like, as fast as anybody on earth within three laps of a track these guys have raced multiple times on. Right. That's not easy to do. So I don't – it'll be interesting to see how they approach it if they show up at press day, if they ride any amateur races before, which we've seen guys do. Um, but it, it can be the difference. If you get a, you know, not a great gate pick, it can, it can hurt you on the start. And then, it, you know, that snowball starts rolling downhill and it's hard to get in front of, get out in front of. 
Uh, RJ Hampshire, uh, second in the first moto. It was a good battle with him and Sexton going at it and Hunter Lawrence and all that uh, for a little bit. Geico guys everywhere. Uh, Craig, oh, Christian Craig was in there too. Um, Craig fell in a late in the second moto. Otherwise, he probably would have went like 6'10", I think, 6'9", but he fell late in the second moto. Uh, so after the race, a lot of con- little bit of controversy. RJ thinks the gate flinched and there should be a red flag, and he couldn't believe there wasn't. Um, the AMA or MX Sports said, you know, Chase Sexton hit the gate, which you can see in the video. He hits the gate. Adam hits the gate as also. Um, Adam actually touched it as well, um, and the gate flinched. But, I mean, a guy hit the gate. I don't understand. RJ keeps saying on social that he thinks there should have been a red flag, but somebody hit the gate. Well, He's obviously saying that the gate flinched, causing Sexton to hit the gate, right? I thought it was the gate flinched because Sexton hit it. Well, I, I think if you're I, a Hampshire, you don't know that. You just all yeah, you yeah, know yeah. is the gate in front of you flinched, and you probably don't realize 10 gates down. I know. It was but, actually rider caused. But, caused. They, but they still told him that, and they said that. That was the ruling. Like, it flinched because Oh, he knew by then. Yeah, I assume so. I, I'm, I'm, I'm oh. assuming he knows today. Or yesterday, but guys don't guys don't usually just drill the gate for no reason. Oh, so JT is claiming flinching before Sexton, and that's why Sexton. No, I don't know. If you, I'm just saying. Right. We have the video. You can watch. Let me see here. If you go to, uh, I don't know where else we have it posted, but um, we put the video in Saturday Night Live, our, our race report on Saturday Night, and they have it in slow mo. I'm trying to see. It doesn't look like it moves, man. I just see a red fender coming okay. at that thing. But and I'll check it out. I, I have not seen it. Yeah. It looks pretty clean. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the, I'm Jesus here and I'm the gospel on this subject, but from what I can see in this thing, it doesn't. But if you're Hampshire, even if you're not lined up next to that dude, you have no idea what anything's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, and what RJ was but, mad about is he said he rode the whole first lap kind of cruising, just being like, ah, it's going to be red flagged. And then it's like, oh, crap, I got to go. Yeah, I, I'm not having it. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. Somebody hit the gate, man. So, uh, Plus, it's going to be uh, there. There might be a uh, dads are going to start yelling at their kids, saying, "Never ride the first lap, assuming a red flag." So, I mean, the next moto dad topic. It was interesting because Hunter Lawrence caught AC and got him, and that, and then uh, that was going to give Cooper the overall. But Sexton had six laps in a row, I believe, five or six laps in a row, where he was faster than Cooper. And he was reeling him in, which was going to give AC the win, overall win. So it was kind of interesting to follow that in, in the tower a little bit and be like, well, if this guy gets this guy and it looks like Sexton's going to get Cooper, he wasn't able to. He said Cooper dropped the hammer on him a little bit near the end. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of funny to, to watch that. And the overall almost went to Justin Cooper real close. So, And I think had Hunter not fallen, I think Hunter would have won that moto, right? We all agree? I mean, Adam yeah, maybe could have done something, but Hunter caught him. So, um. Uh, March Banks, 9-8. Uh, he had a solid or a decent hangdown, and now he went 9-8. Good job for him. Colt Nichols probably isn't stoked on that first moto. Uh, you know, he was right there for the – was he second? I think he was second forever. And then uh, late in the race, lost a couple spots. Not stoked on that, I'm sure. 4-7 for Colt on the day. Amart, troll train, 10-6. Mm. Not his track. It's not his track. It's not, it's not, you know, okay. it's not his track. We're going to move on. So you're still good. We're still good, however you want to say it. Right. <sighs> we, we're giving away some serious points here. You know, right now, we, gotcha. we're we down quite a bit. But it's all right. We'll warm up. Um, Moseman, good job for Moseman, 8-11. He's been riding well lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, McElrath got the whole shot. 
went went backwards a little bit. I don't think he's been riding a ton, so that probably wasn't ideal for him. Uh, Jordan Smith, JT is off to a rough start. Jordan is not not. Uh, he had the collision obviously with Hunter, and in the second moto he went down in the in the whoops. Jordan's off too. I mean, he's not already not 100% coming in. He's already banged up and yeah. not 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 ready, not 100% where he wants to be. And then now he's just crashing, and this has got to be just the worst. Yeah, the the riding was much better. Uh, the crash, the first moto, wasn't his fault. He was on my fantasy team, so I was devastated with the results on the day. But uh, the first moto, probably, you know, with Hunter, Hunter's bike is never going to finish that moto, so he goes out. Jordan probably gets third in that moto, something like that. Fourth, third or fourth. Um, yeah, not his fault. But then the second moto, he just crashed. So yep. he's, he's going to get better. It's just I, one of those things where you're behind the eight ball, though, and he's probably so frustrated, right? Yeah. you got to read his Instagram post. But, he couldn't be happier. Yeah, he, I'm really? shocked over right? Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I think it was more progress, which I, I don't disagree. There was a lot of progress, but on paper it was terrible. Somebody so. somebody check on Tyler Keefe. Uh, 12th, 13th. Um, 21st so yeah it's not good where and where do they where do they go from here I, i'm hearing mcelrath might go elsewhere next year i don't i don't know that i just heard rumors right um yeah um dark days over there yeah he and smith are both up and i'm not saying they're looking to leave but they're definitely looking at their options as any rider would yeah yeah jordan um, the PC has guys been about, oh, jordan the piece the pc has been talked about for sure so right um right Derek Drake, Ty Masterpool, both rookies last week. Uh, they, they were okay. They were learning, right? Figuring it out. So, um, Marty got ninth in the second moto. Good job, Marty. Oh. I think if Marty can get top ten, that, that's fine. Yeah. To me. Uh, and he was a little bit banged up, too. Hartraff's yeah. foot peg fell off in the first moto. Had him on my fantasy oh, team. Geez. So, that's a rough start for those guys over there. Second moto, he was 10th for a while. Then he crashed and got, uh, I think he was 17th, and he worked his way back to 13th. Hayes goes 14-16 uh, over there. So uh, Covington, there's signs of life from Covington in that first moto. Started up there, got like a fifth or sixth place start. Kind of dropped back a little bit. Um, but an 11th is fine. Everyone would take that, I think. Um, nope. No? You think 11th is fine? For what he's been doing. You got to start. Well, I, I think you're saying they'll all take that. I don't. I don't agree with that. Really, it's been a disaster. I mean, it, okay, after two weekends, if you're like, well, we got 11th at first moto. That's better. No, this is going off hangtown. You're going. You're, you're going in. Right, but I'm saying going into hangtown. Well, of course not. No, I think that no, the best result is 11th. Everyone would take that. And I don't. I no, don't. no, no. What I'm saying is, after hangtown, you're like, holy shit, that was terrible. Oh my god, yeah. I'll take the 11th. It was better, but I still, I mean, I don't think anybody over there is even, oh, man. I think a lot of people, and myself included, thought he would be in the running to maybe not win, but podium or, like, be at the front. He's he's shown that speed before, like, we've seen it. So even 11th, I'm just like, man, it wasn't like he charged up to 11th. He faded back to 11th. That's the frustrating part. Second moto, he started 25th. He got 25th. Right. That, that's the problem. I... I want to be optimistic because I, I, he obviously wears fly racing and all that, and he's a nice kid. And everybody, I don't know of anybody that's ever said a negative word about him, but there are a lot of questions right now. Yep. Uh, what else, Weege? 
In two fifties? Yeah. Uh, Wilson Todd made his debut. Yep. For uh, TLD. Yep. Could be good. I asked him when he has to go back to Australia, and he said, "Hopefully, never." Because <laughs> he, yeah, he's got a TLD bike, and obviously that's a good opportunity. He wants to keep it as long as he can. I mean, Falk will eventually have to come back. I mean, if he rides well, you have a feeling they'll just they find ways to right. keep you. They're not going to give him the boot if he's riding well. I don't know what happened in the first moto, but he got 14. No, he crashed. Two. He crashed in the first or on the first lap with um, a bunch of uh, dudes. Okay, yeah, the 14th second moto is okay. I mean, I do feel like. It was a little over the mark. He, he got, what, I think ninth in the second moto last week in the mud. Yep. Um, so that might have set expectations extraordinarily high. I think 14th is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got yeah. a... Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, JT. Yeah. No, I was going to say I was listening to a podcast, Australian-based podcast, and they were they were saying how Wilson Todd could be the real deal, and on a factory bike he could be top five and all this stuff, and I was just shaking my head. Uh, I... I don't think it's fair to him to take that mud moto and then just go off the rails about it. Well, he's riding good. I think I think what happens is me being Canadian, I, you know, you just kind of freak out. You just lose your mind a little bit. No, I, I know, and, and I, but I don't think that's fair to him. Like you're now you're raising expectations instead of being like, holy cow, that was awesome. Like let's build off of it. And now you're putting like, well, where could he go from here? Like that's that's not fair. Just let it unfold, you know, instead of putting these. I think unfair expectations on him because he's getting better equipment. Um, having said all that, he's been great. I didn't know much about him. I read up on him just to kind of know what I was talking about. And, and I think it's been a success story. Obviously I'm, I'm pumped that TLD's helping him. I just don't think you can, we should get carried away. You know, like I just heard some crazy things. Um, Challen Tennant. Is he American? Yes, he's from Texas. Okay, but isn't there another tenant or something? Yeah, Caleb Tennant's from South Africa. Okay. Completely different, yeah. not related. Yes. I don't even know if they know each other. Clearly. Okay. All right. I'm getting confused. Challen Tennant was a guy uh, out that's of... Langston's buddy. Langston's helping out. Caleb Tennant. Challen Tennant is the one who actually nope. lost his ride for Justin Cooper, but you keep saying it's Art Raff. That, that's my sources told me, so that's where I'm going with that. <laughs> um, Jordan Bailey, not good to start the year. Not at all, probably where... He or the team wants no, to No, yeah. I, I would have I would have expected more. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And he was better in Supercross. So you kinda of thought, oh, yep. he, well, he's getting he's getting better. Almost, almost the same trajectory as Mosman, but it's not coming together. Mosman's got one more year on him, two more years. Yeah, Mo, you know. But Mosman's been pretty good, for sure. I thought they turned pro at the same time. No. No, Mosman turned pro this the nationals of two years ago and then Jordan Bailey was a year later. Wagant? Are you sure about that? Yeah, that is true, but I think Mosman only made it to – he got hurt early in – so that would have been 17. Yeah, he started in 17, Bailey started in 18, but I think Mosman got hurt, so he didn't race a ton. Okay. So it doesn't seem like he did, but he actually did. Uh, JT, please don't question my amateur knowledge. Right, yes, you are the, you are the authority. Yes, thank you, please. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of stagnant progress. Like It's not like the Jordan Bailey of 2019 looks – extraordinarily better than the one of 2018 so that's probably a bit of a problem yeah uh all right um i'm worried about cody cooper we only got one more to go coop's not been this been as good in 450 class no, no. yeah no, no. pretty old though i don't know dude. I, I think by this rob rocket rob is now. rocket rob is is cody coop's my, my cody cooper whisper and and hopes were higher than this Listen, I was racing Cody Cooper in like 05, okay? Yeah. So 
going off of that, I was racing him in a 450 in Australia in 05. So let's, let's just factor in that he's probably in his 30s. Let's not get carried away. Yeah, he got the JGR ride, remember? Supercross. No, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. even before then, right, I right, was racing right, him right. over there on a, on a big bike. So he's he, got to be early 30s at minimum. He kept hitting the message button at the hotel asking for a massage. It's my favorite Cody Cooper what? story. You know, on the, on, the, on the phone, on the hotel room, it says messages, and he, he wanted a massage, and he hit the message button. He that's, he, that's a good story. He thought he was going to get a massage. They're like, no, this is just for your messages. So we're not doing we not we don't do that, sir. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else? Uh, Garrett Marchbanks got seventh. I think somehow we skipped him. We nope, mentioned like I didn't thirty out of forty guys in nope, the class, but we didn't mention I, him. I talked nope. to him. I said it. I said good job by him. Oh, he did. Yep, okay. Yep. Um, what do we What do we make of Ferris so far? He was bombed after the race. I talked to him. I interviewed him. Um, yeah, he's not He's not happy. He's going to go to Air Forks. He's going to try Air Forks, which is what he's got down under. So wow. they're, they're trying, you know. Um, yeah, certainly this weekend didn't go. I thought, I thought Hangtown was fine, right? I, I don't know. I thought it was good. It was all right. I yeah. mean, if you, it depends on what, you're, what bar you're measuring against. I think he's a 5 a to 10 point. guy. Well, I know, but high point, that's <laughs> yeah, level where you're like, holy crap. Yeah, and I, I don't – I didn't expect that. I get it. I'm just saying – for him to be running around in 13th is probably not easy to, to yeah. sit with. And and, now, and getting beat by Todd Waters, too, makes it that much worse. Oh, that's probably yeah. he that's probably makes him furious. Yeah. Is Waters doing the whole thing? Do we know? No clue. Okay. Ask Michael Byrne. I could. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I expected Ferris okay. at some point to be, and I know it's only four motos, so maybe it'll still happen. I expected Ferris to at some point be up front, and then every fan of the fence being like, who's 103? But I don't think he's been up front enough in any of the motos for when anyone we, to say that, so I'm a little surprised. We get these photos from Rich Shepard every week uh, to use and to grab and everything else for Racer X purposes. And uh, two weeks in, he Ferris has been listed under the privateers by Rich. So Rich just sees the 103, and he's just like, he's a privateer. So. Well, that's what I mean. Like, right. I think most people are just like, yeah, I don't know who that dude is, and I expected people to be shocked by how good he was riding, but instead it's probably been... Do you remember Ferris... Okay, but not enough to blow people's wigs. Ferris on the Steve Dixon Yamaha at Germany Disnations? Oh, my God. He was unbelievable. you remember Ferris on the factory KTM 250F in Supercross? Ah, no. <laughs> no one remembers that. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> Does DaCosta remember that he was on the team? Zero chance. Um, that was uh, that that Ferris Donations one. That that could practically be an oral history, because Steve, you said Ferris a surprise gets third in two fifties, and then you were immediately gang tackled, double team beat up by Burner and Reed on Twitter. Like he's been good all year. There was no surprise. Oh really? I don't remember that. You don't remember that? No, no, no. Yeah, he got third behind. I guess it was so long ago. Was this Roxanne and Tomac still? Yeah. Yep. Roxanne yeah. Tomac. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he gets third. You use the word surprise in a tweet. Reed and Burner come after you, double-team you in an alley, kick you in the nuts, steal your wallet. Right. How dare you say it's a surprise? He's been awesome all year. This is no surprise. Then I think you fought back with, well, wait a minute. Let's not get carried away. He still got beat by Roxanne and Tomac by, like, a huge gap. Yeah. So it's not that mind-blowing. Yeah. But it was mind-blowing enough for KTM to sign him. 
I think he led the qualifier for a while over those two, though, on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, this was Twitch until 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, Chad... And it led to a completely forgettable KTM deal, all because of that one donation. It's pretty cool. Chad was there at Paula. Uh, not exactly sure what was going on, but uh, everybody sucks. The track sucks. Uh, this guy sucks. And, uh, and move it on. <laughs> Just want to give an update for watching practice with Chad Reed. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully JT Baggett's injury is 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 not something that lingers, man, because that wasn't good. So yeah, I don't I don't have all the facts, but I did talk to someone over there, and they didn't seem overly concerned, right? As far as like long term, but yeah, you never never really know. I mean, I I would guess he probably won't ride this week and show up Saturday. See how it goes. Do we have another green wave this weekend in in, in Lakewood? Tomac? It's very possible. Tomac and Cincerello? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Eli Tomac and, and Adam Cincerello. I think, very... think Astarga is going to win the 250 class. Either Cooper or Ferrandez, I think, is going to win Colorado. Because of the motor? Because I was also thinking that, but then, remember, Savachi crushed it last year and then bike blew up. Yeah, I, I wasn't saying because of the motor. I just think it's, you know, I don't think Adam's going to win three in a row. Um, and Ferrandez is kind of due. And obviously, Cooper is, is overdue for how much he's been at the front. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll just go with one of those guys. Hundred percent. That uh, if Adam wins this outdoor title, it'll just be so so remarkable, so surprising. You know, he's not he's now got three career national wins, two of them in the last two weekends. So yeah. I talked to him a little bit Saturday morning, and he said he was he was surprised that I was surprised that he bounced back in Hangtown hmm. so so well. Because he says basically he had been through so much worse with these injuries. He's like, dude, there was like a time three years ago. He's like, I was not even relevant. Like, I was even wondering, like, am I done? Like, am I just, is it just not going to happen? So, yeah, it sucks to lose Supercross title, but it's nothing compared to that. Right. So I got over it pretty quick. Yeah. Which everyone's going to say that, but he's actually backed it up. So you got to believe him now. Yeah. Uh... We've just seen other guys. Zavachi was not as good the year after he had that heartbreaking title loss as he was the year before, which you got to think has something to do with that. So, Weege, what's the deal with these amateur kids? I guess I should ask you, Steve. I know you're the, the authority, as we established. Yeah. Uh, what's the deal with these kids, Drake and Masterpool? Are they staying in the pro class, or what's the deal? Yeah, they never weren't. They're, they're racing all 12 okay. rounds, no matter what. Yeah, got nothing to do with the new rule. Surprised you didn't know um, that. Yeah, that has nothing to do with the new rule. But at some point, like just talking to Jeff Myshak, co-owner there at Geico Honda, you might see like you might see a guy try a race or two, like before Loretta's. But nothing we're seeing so far is like because of that rule okay. change. I'm yep. confused with Masterpool as to why they're just like, yep. But that's what they're doing. Okay. Uh, you can only then- score 40 points. It would be over soon anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's why I, I knew we were close. Like it's they're yeah. right on the edge of yeah. that. So they were never apparently. Drake uh, can't go back. I mean, JT. he won the Horizon Award last year. Yeah. There's no reason. Masterpool maybe Come that on. would be a good move, but Come they're on, not planning JT. on it anyway. Come on, JT, you got to know that. What? Derek Drake coming is ah. Drake is coming ah. Loretta's last year. So much pump, pump everywhere about Drake, and so you knew he it was wasn't only pro. Drake. Masterpool. No, but Drake was always. This was all. This has been the Derek Drake watch has been on for a while. 
Okay, well, you got to calm down. I can I can ask some amateur questions that you would have no idea what I'm talking about. There's nothing that I don't know about the amateur scene. There's nothing that I don't know. Right. So, I think the only major change we might see out of this is after Loretta's, you might see someone who's like a year away race, say Unadilla and those races, and then race again at Loretta's next year. From some of the teams and people I'm talking to, I think that might be the only thing you, you actually see different. It's not the dumbest rule ever because counting 250 Supercross points is will always remain the dumbest rule ever in the sport, but this one's up there. This one's up there. Hey, hey Zion, hey, go, go play for the Pelicans a little bit. See how you do. See how you do, Zion. And then, and then if, it, if it doesn't go well, drop back down. It's cool. R.J. Barrett, go ahead. Jump in there with the Lakers and see what you got. But, hey, don't line up. Don't worry about it. Come back to college. Steve, dumb, do you remember in the, dumbest thing ever. in the Canadian Nationals, they used to let B riders. They still ride do. With, uh, they still do. Class? Yeah, they still, they still do. still do. They still do. Wow. Yeah. It was scary. Yeah. They, the lapping guys yeah. that had no, no. no business on the racetrack yeah, in they that were, moto. They were working at a plum. They were plumbing the day before. They were unclogging toilets the day before. <laughs> and then they raced uh, Jason Thomas the next day. So, um, all right. Okay. So let's, let's, let's do this a little bit. Uh, a couple things. Both classes, who are you most worried for after four motos? Give me a guy in each classes. Who are you most worried for uh, in the classes? So Which class? I, I, want, I need a name for each guy. Uh, I'm going to go Covington in 250s, which also carried over for the Supercross scene. And 450s, um, Baggett, he's already, it's already yeah. not going well. Well, I was going to give the exact same answers. Can I do that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that bag is hurt. That makes it seem even more obvious. But still, it wasn't it wasn't looking awesome. Even I only got like three laps in in that second moto, so I know I'm not taking a very large sample size. But based on Hangtown and what we had seen in those first couple laps, that sounds dumb. But it wasn't looking awesome already, and this is even worse. But like, I'm not just saying it for the injury. I guess is what I'm. But I feel like Blake and the team have championship hopes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's where I'm coming from. Like, you're, you're 60 points down to Eli Tomac. But I'm also saying it's not just like, if he had went 1-1 at Hangtown and now he's got a wrist injury, it would be a worry, but in a different yeah. way. Yeah. It was like, he already wasn't looking fast, and now he's hurt. Right. He's making it worse. Yeah. 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 JT? Yeah, I, don't, I there's no way I can top your answer. Um, there, there are no, you know, Covington. I think we were just all wrong. <laughs> Apparently, we're just way off. Not me. So maybe not me. Maybe we shouldn't have been worried at all. Maybe this is, you know, he's going to be tenth place, and that's just what we should have expected. I, yeah, but Baggett absolutely hasn't been good, and now dealing with hopefully not a serious injury. Um, yeah, it's it's been rough. You could say the TLD take KTM team too. They would fit. In there, but yeah, either way. If I wasn't allowed to pick Covington, I probably would have picked McElrath, yeah. Okay. All right, we're on to Colorado. JT, you're going. I am. You are not. I am not. I'm going to Calgary. I am you're going go, to Calgary. I am going to go watch uh, Luke Resland, Tyler Medaglia, a.k.a. Marty, uh, Jess Pettis, Osby, battle out in 250s, and Phil, Colton, Cole, and Gurky. And the 800 battle out in 450s. So, should be exciting. You're going for Phil. What? what? You're going for Phil. I'm not going for Phil. 
That's where we're going. Oh, really? Just for one guy? I'm, I'm flying for Phil. Yeah, for Phil. The guy who regularly uh, insults me all the time on text or on social media. Oh, now you're denying yeah. your love for Phil? Really? He's your favorite racer. Let's be real. He is not my favorite racer. Absolutely. No. Oh, my gosh. This is like in fourth grade when you get accused of having a crush on a girl, and they do everything you can to deny it. <laughs> Stop it. You also know Phil's a dork, and he's stupid. Hey, if Phil wins, <laughs> if Phil wins, I'm going to be on the podium. I'm going to be like the Dis Nations guys. I'm going to, I'm cramming the podium. I'm jumping on there. Okay. 100%. Okay, finally you're being real here. Thank 100%. You. Rockstar, Phil, woo! <laughs> number one, like holding up the number one, that's going to be me. So, Do one of his social posts that coincidentally all the Rockstar people are doing now, they just decided all at once to start being much more blatant. I don't know. Yeah. Just by, just organically. Right, it's incredible. Can you do a post that you and Phil cracking one open and drinking? I can, yeah, I can. Do it. Hot days, cool times with Rockstar Energy. <laughs> right? Is that good? It's good. Yeah. Good. Not good. Uh, JT, did <laughs> no, you? JT goes, not good. <laughs> JT, did you not go to Fox Raceway just out of spite because it's Fox Raceway? Uh, I did not go to Paula. Um, no, it was more just because it was Memorial Day. I didn't, okay. I didn't really need All to right. be there, so... You know, they got that Fox retail store on site, and during the motos, everyone, no one would have probably noticed if you had cooked up a, a fire over there. Just saying. Mm, yeah. I'm good. I, I have no problem with them. I'm, you know, that brand getting involved with the track, I think it's great. The more... It is. It is good. They've spent yeah, a lot of money on there. The, yes. They've helped out. Yeah. No doubt. I, I mean, I obviously have my biases, but I think it's a cool deal overall. Right. Sure. I can be... I can be uh, man enough to admit that. All right. Uh, anything else, boys? Thank you. I just oh. can't thank Maxis for giving me this watch. <laughs> God. <laughs> just amateur hour. Just come on, dude. What, what was GL saying? I don't know. He, was, he didn't seem to notice. <laughs> GL, I don't know. GL, GL has that buzzing in his, in his head all the time. He does, it's from flashbacks. <laughs> He thought it was just happening in his brain. He so. never flinched, even with me going wild, like just <laughs> punching the watch. I mean, consummate for wild. Yeah. 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 Nothing rattles Langston. Nope. So, all right. He's uh, good, man. Thank yep. you, Fly Racing. Thank you, Maxis, uh, Slick Wash, and the folks. Thank you, Maxis, for the watch. <laughs> uh, thank Tires you. are great. Alpine Tires stars, are great. Slick Wash. Tires are great. Yeah. Uh, uh, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we'll be back next week to uh, recap uh, Denver and Calgary. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Weege. Thanks, JT. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil cylinders as a 
factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Right, as the day.